for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 342 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. We are here every Wednesday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network. We're on Facebook Live. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitch, YouTube. We're on Kick.com. We're on all of them. Uh, Of course, syndicated in all major podcast networks as well. Uh, If you are on YouTube watching it, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Help us out with the algorithm. Uh, we like those uh, those likes and those tweets. And obviously, if you're in the chat roll, go ahead and hit up hit us up in the chat. We can uh, answer your questions during the show. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. As always, what's up, Ryan? Oh, not much, man. Just a nice busy day in football, kind of. You know, yeah. like we were saying before, we're hit it, but it's all Browns related, and stupid. But it's a busy day. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things definitely happened. Things I had to add to the show sheet right before we came on. So yeah, we got some things to talk about tonight. Uh, to help us talk about those things tonight, we got Mr. Uh, Bo McBrayer. He's a writer for Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Bo underscore McBigTime. What's up, Bo? What's good, boys? Excited to be on the show. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you on the show. Glad to have you back on the show. You've been on a, a couple times, I think, over the over the years. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, back I'm when a, you were I'm still going with us. for two OG. OG. Back in the day. <laughs> So uh, quickly tell my listeners what it is you do over at Fantasy Pros. So I write Dynasty, Devi, Redraft, a little bit of DFS. I do golf betting for betting pros, but it's football season. So I do uh, the waiver wire column with Derek Brown and Pat Fitzmorris. And then I write my own uh, fantasy football storylines column, as well as the fantasy football hot takes, you know, because I'm the king of spice. Got to bring the heat. I've been so close on the first two weeks i've had brandon Ayuk with two touchdowns and 100 yards in week one but i predicted the game score wrong and then i had uh i had the daniel jones qb1 and darren waller tied in one it ended up very close but i also predicted they have a 30 plus point outburst in points very close but no cigar i don't take victory laps unless it's perfect <laughs> but, uh, I, i'm i'm gonna hit a few this year and it's gonna be the victory lap of all time <laughs> good stuff all right uh let's go ahead and uh jump into the show today today's show as always brought to you by underdog fantasy check out their best ball leagues with huge tournaments uh private leagues and pickums which we'll do some pickums tonight on the show uh they got it for every major sport uh, use our promo code GF2 when you sign up. Uh, you get a deposit match up to 100 bucks, And for a limited time, they are also doing a mystery pick them each week. Um, basically a free square, as you, if you will. Uh, a guy you can plug into your, your pick em, uh lineups. Uh, basically, it's, you know, it's going to hit. Like we had one last week. I think Christian McCaffrey last week was uh, over a half a yard. Obviously, that one hit. Um, you put that into your uh, your pick em contest, and it can up your, your winnings. 
Uh, so get the deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, that promo code is GF2. Uh, they got weekly best ball tournaments, and uh, we'll show you the pick'ems tonight on our pick'em segment. Uh, tonight's show, we're going to be doing some buy or sell. Um, it's two weeks into the season. We kind of know a little bit about what's going on in the NFL, so we can start buying some guys, selling some guys that we think that uh, won't maintain their value. Uh, we're also going to do a, uh, a redrafting of a dynasty rookie draft after two weeks. So how these rookies have been doing through two weeks, see how much has changed from when we were drafting before the season. Uh, we'll do some listener questions. But, of course, as always, kick it off with the mock draft. Attention, everyone. Let's mock draft. All right. So we are drafting dead musical artists that you could bring back for one day or night to see them live in concert. And Bo said this uh, this topic uh, fit him perfectly. So, uh, Bo, you got the 101 here. So what you got? Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with the one person I really wish I was alive to see in concert, and that's Bob Marley. Damn it, he took mine. I thought for sure he'd be that at 102. Yes. That was definitely yeah. mine. If it's not Bob Marley at 101, then we we should start, just burn it to the ground, start over. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah, that's Bob Marley is one of my favorite as well. I, I'm a huge reggae fan in general, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Bob Marley would be who I would would have picked at the 101. So, you just threw me for a loop now, so I got to figure out. I go to my my second option here. Uh, I grew up in the '80s, and we're gonna take all of the uh, the extracurricular stuff off of this this particular guy here, and, and not talk about it. But uh, uh, in the '80s, there was one one star that was pretty much huge. You know, back there was no internet; he was still the biggest star in the world, uh, Mr. Michael Jackson. Uh, I would love to see him live. I was you know too young back then, and it was way too expensive to ever go see him anywhere because you know he was. He was legit bigger than what internet would have been these days. He was huge. Oh my god, it would have been it would have been absolutely insane if he was in the era of social media. Absolutely. So yeah, Michael Jackson would be my my one hundred two because my one hundred one was definitely Bob Marley. Ryan, you got the one hundred three here. I'm just taking off the rails here, <laughs> and I'm going with somebody who was completely off the rails themselves, and I'm going with old dirty bastard. <laughs> I love he it. He was ODB. such a lunatic and <laughs> yes. wild card. You never knew it was going to happen. You might not know he shows up to his own concert, but it'd be awesome, man. Yes. I just, like, there's all the ones who are normal, and I just thought he would be fine. That's, that is a great pick, and not one that I ever thought would have been picked on tonight's show. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it. Old dirty bastard. Um, all right, uh, Bo, back to you here at the 104. Oh, we're doing linear. Nice. That's, that's great. I, I love to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to back to my roots, which is uh, country and Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings was my second pick because, I mean, I, I just love his music. Uh, the outlaw country scene was all the rage in the 70s and 80s. Unfortunately, I was born in the late 80s, so it's, uh, it's just going back to what an era that was a music where there was, there's a lot of conflict between Nashville mainstream country music. And then what, and what they felt was real artistry, which was Waylon Jennings and the highway men. And they didn't want anything to do with the mainstream. They wanted to make their own art in their own way without pandering to, to people who are on just buying music for commercial gain. They wanted to just make art. And so Waylon Jennings, by far the the guy I'd like to bring back from the dead to watch for nice. one show because at 
from what I've seen, you never knew what was going to happen at a Waylon Jennings show. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, it's funny because last I think it was last week, maybe the week before we did a, a, a uh, things that we hate that everybody loves. And, and my hate, unfortunately, was was country music. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing that, that I brought up in that when I said that is uh, like iTunes, they used to always separate country in, in all the pop charts. And within yeah. re- recent years now, they combined those two. And Gross. it's amazing to me that country is like six of the top 10 almost consistently, like how big country actually is. Like you didn't realize it back then when they were separated, but when they put them together, you know, country is a lot bigger than even I thought it was. So yeah, that's a good one. Dude, country concerts are like a whole different breed of concert from anything else. Yes, that is true. Like it's You'll never see 40,000 people that drunk together in any no. situation in the world. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that that's is true. the truth. That is the truth. All right, so I'm up here at the 105, and I'm going to go with uh, a guy in the 90s that's, um, again, super big artist, and, you know, I was in high school in the 90s, and this is, like, one of the best albums. Unfortunately, he ended up killing himself, uh, but uh, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, uh, bring them back. I'd love to see them live. Um, I, I don't think I appreciated their music until I was a little bit older, you know, because back then I was like, you know, like I said, high school age. Um, I liked the music, but I didn't really appreciate it until I got older. I listened to it again and just, just how, how good of a writer he actually was, uh, when you can understand him at least, because there are some, some songs you couldn't really understand what he was saying. But uh, he was he was amazing. So I would love to see Nirvana uh, play one more time. That's a good one. That was on my list. Ryan, you got the 106 here. It's not even because of his music. It's just because of the cultural phenomenon. What he was is why I want to see him. Zelvis. Like, how many people have made lives in Vegas being impersonators of him? Yep. Like, it was culturally changed music, as you know. And it would be incredible to see. Yeah, that's that's a good one, because you're right. I mean, he, he, he was, I mean... We talk about him now. I mean, how how long ago has he has he been dead, and how long ago was his music really good? Like it's it's crazy, and his his you know it yeah it's a very big impact for sure. All right, Bo, back to you for your last pick here. I can't believe he lasted all the way to the third round, but I will claim allegiance to West Coast and NorCal in general and go with Tupac Shakur. Uh, shout out NorCal. Tupac discovered in San Francisco in the Bay Area of course, turned into a mega, mega rap and hip-hop star. And you can talk about Biggie. I'm sure one of you might take Biggie with the next last two picks. But I will take Tupac because, I mean, we're talking about the early 90s. We're not the same. And rap and hip-hop have never been the same since mm-hmm. Tupac and Biggie were on the mainstream stage. Uh, unfortunately, didn't make it past the age of 25. Just imagine the length of career that he could have had uh with the with already just what a stupendous artwork he created in a short amount of time uh i just can't even fathom what he would have been capable of doing if he had lived longer yeah that's definitely a good one and then i'm just going to go back to back here and and i'm gonna take biggie right here at this as pick this was my last pick and you know he i mean he took hip-hop to a different level him and tupac and a few others you know, they took it. They call it the golden era now. Like that's like the true hip hop. You know, anything listened sure. to now is a little bit different than back then. Back then, there was like, I mean, it was it was a great time to be alive. And those are some great uh, artists. And unfortunately, they didn't. Uh, they're not around here to 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 do their thing anymore. So yeah, Biggie would be my one hundred eight here. All right, Ryan closes out here at the one hundred nine. I'm just kicking it super old school again. I actually was going to take one of them, but I didn't want to go back to back hip hop. That's when to kind of change it up after Eddie Big. 
So I'm just going to go off there. I'm going to go with Jimi Hendrix just because nice. we've never seen somebody on guitar like that yeah, before. Yeah, that's a good one. Again, another person is just different from everybody else who we may not see an artist like that again. Yep, absolutely. That's a great, great one. All I those know. all those fancy sounds that we hear as a regular guitar riff these days, he created that sound. Yep. Like He said... Yeah. He said, I'm going to make this a, the most different, unique sound you've ever heard. And it became ple- a pleasant distortion of guitar music. And now everybody's doing it. Yep. It's a good call. All right. Let's get to some football stuff now. News and notes from around the league. All right. As we mentioned uh, right before the show, we had some couple news break. Uh, the, the one here that just broke maybe an hour or so ago. Uh, Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, obviously, they have Alexander Madison there, who has not looked good through two weeks. Um, I want to go to you first, Bo, on this. I want to first ask you uh, what it does to, to Madison. Uh, if you own Madison, what are you doing? And then what are you doing with Cam Akers if you held on to him? Um, I'm holding Akers because I do think he does have a little bit better shot of breaking out with the Vikings than he would with the Rams. Kyron Williams is showing out in LA and that, that was kind of what really happened there was, it wasn't that acres was hated or anything. I don't think that he really fit them what they wanted to do with, with this season being a surprisingly good team. Akers was kind of like, Oh, we don't need you anymore. Kyron Williams is doing fine. We have Ronnie Ravers. We have, we have, Plenty of talent to go around. Puka Nakua surprising in the short passing game. You don't really need a lot of running game help there. So he was expendable. He goes to a team that was starving for a running back that can make some plays. And Alexander Madison, rest in peace. Throw some dirt on that guy. That dude is done. And the writing was already on the wall. When you start to see Ty Chandler start to take a bigger piece of that pie, Ty Chandler fits the system now, the, the O'Connell system that Akers comes from in LA O'Connell leaves goes to Minnesota and it's just a better fit for those two guys. Madison was drafted when this team was running wide zone. They were running Stefanski style offense before when, when Madison was drafted that, that awesome, that running game is long gone. They're running more inside zone and gap and ISO than ever before. And Madison just doesn't do that as well. He's a one cut North and South type of guy. Doesn't have much burst, no wiggle. He's okay at breaking tackles, but he's not good behind a bad offensive line. And sorry to say, but Akers still has yet to play behind a good offensive line his entire life. Yeah. He had the worst offensive line of all time in Florida State. The Rams always had injuries and, and bad offensive line play when he was there. And now you get the worst offensive line the Vikings have had in five years yeah. that he's going to run behind here. So I, I, I feel for Akers. He doesn't have much upside, but. I just think Madison's done. At least I think that he should look for a different home next year. This is a contract year for him. So maybe he'll make some some waves here in his rotational work to get a new job next year and a better fit. Yeah. But for this season, I don't want to be holding Alexander Madison. Get what you can for him. He'll be a nice star in the XFL. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be great in the XFL. My God. Right. Ryan, I know you always liked liked Cam Akers. What what is your thoughts here? Like, how far are you moving him in your rankings? Is he a, is he a surefire RB two now? You think? I don't know if it's a surefire RB two yet. Uh, let's wait and see. That team and their running uh, game. I don't know if it's all Madison or not, but it's a wait and see. But I'm definitely holding him, like Bo said. Um, he had as many. He ended the season with as many straight 
100 yard rushing games as Alexander Madison had in his career. Um, <laughs> Madison was one of the Madison was one of the worst explosive runners in the league. In it, uh, I believe he had like five five career rushes, of 20 plus yards. Like he is not explosive in an offense like that. Would they have those receivers? You need that explosion, that that fear to him. Akers isn't like superstar speed, but at least can break a run off and has shown that he can be an efficient runner. So I think it's definite upgrade for them. Yeah, I think Madison kind of created himself a little mystique uh, in DFS because whenever Dalvin Cook went out, he was like uber, uber cheap. And, you know, when you get the volume in an offense that can score points, people are all excited about it. Like, oh, look, he's getting the volume. He's, he's you know, he's, he's doing good for my DFS lineups. But when you're the actual running back, you know, week in and week out and you're, you know, you're not putting a price tag on you, uh, it's, it's not quite the same in, in, in season-long fantasy for sure. And he had what five really good games in the in that stretch, yep. and four of them were against bottom two run defenses. Uh, that yeah, is, that'll help. I should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, he help. played Detroit twice when they had no run defense whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, the what we saw the first two games was just how much better Dalvin Cook is than Alexander Madison, and why he never saw the field when Cook was healthy. Yep, absolutely. Jamie in the chat's asking what I'm drinking. I'm actually drinking a new beer tonight. It's called Sheep Mullet. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, the can drew drew me to it. I don't know. It's it seems pretty uh. What kind of beer? Like what is it? It's a uh, juicy DIPA. I don't know what the D stands for though. I don't know what the I've heard of IPA. I never heard of DIPA. But it's nine percent alcohol, so it's actually not bad. You're you you got suckered in by the artwork. Yeah, the artwork dragged it, me in for gets, sure. It gets me all the time. I get that's <laughs> yeah. understandable. Hundred percent. That's why I like I like going to Trader Joe's because they do blind bags. Like they do a six pack of blind bag, and you have no idea what you're going to get. You just buy, buy your blind bag and go with it. Must be nice to get beer at grocery stores. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't do that over there where you're at. Womp womp. Womp womp. All right, let's get to the other big news here. This is kind of we're going to kind of tie in three different notes here. Uh, obviously, we all know by now Nick Chubb gone for the season. Uh, you know, hopefully he can recover from his devastating knee injury and come back. Uh, but then Cleveland came out and said that Jerome Ford would be the featured back for Cleveland, and then went and signed Kareem Hunt as well. Um, Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, your thoughts on how this Jerome Ford Kareem Hunt backfield is going to shake out? Are you are you worried about it? If you have you know if you spent your fab on Ford. Uh, which I did. I dropped like 60% of my fab on for it in my home league. But you know what? I'm not that worried. They let Kareem Hunt walk for a reason. Kareem Hunt was super efficient last year. They would have kept him if they thought they needed him or they thought he was better for it. Because you know what's better than not getting, or than getting paid a little bit? Not getting paid at all, which he didn't by anybody. Like There's a reason he was sitting in free agency. He wasn't just waiting for the best deal. It's Ford's backfield until I see otherwise, and I'm not upset if I spent the fab on him because you're not going to have many opportunities and somebody who's going to lead the backfield in a heavy run offense. Even if they're split 50-50 or 60-40, he's going to get a ton of volume because as we saw that passing game this week, they ain't about that life. Yeah, they definitely are not about that life. Deshaun Watson looks like he might be watched. But yeah, I agree. I think the split, you know, we saw it before with, with, Nick, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Both of them were top 12 running backs in the same season. I think I don't think it's quite to that level with these two guys, but I think they both can be definitely viable in fantasy for sure. But Kareem Hunt wasn't in that grouping since 2020. I, like He hasn't been that dude. Right. I just meant as far as him taking work away from Ford, they both could still be viable if you're worried about Kareem Hunt at all. Oh, yeah. Right, but he's also, again, a 28-year-old running back who 
has decent bit of mileage. Yeah, you're not yeah. a ton, but a not mileage. Hundred percent, a lot of mileage. Yeah, and that that drop off in efficiency last year was drastic. It was sudden, and it was a lot. Like it was, it was shocking. Dude, the sudden drop off at running that's, back. That's a that's a, a huge deal. red flag. Yeah. yeah, and that was age twenty seven when we always talk about the age cliff with a running back with that much mileage. Um, there's a reason why they went out of their way to say simultaneously while they're signing Hunt to $4 million contract, which is the top value he gets if he hits all his incentives, uh, that Jerome Ford's still the lead back. Yep. Because what this does is it says, hey, we had a 60-40 split last year, just touch-wise. Nick Chubb got 60%. He got all the early down work. He got all the in-between-the-20s work. He got all the four-minute offense two-minute offense all the work that was in leverage situations went to nick chubb kareem hunt was the other 40 percent, which is a pretty normal split for nfl backfields these days and this tells me that kareem hunt goes right back into that 40 percent role where he's on third downs third and long uh mop up duty uh catch up like oh we're we're down by 20 points let's let's throw some screen passes so hunt does have some standalone value not a lot but that throws Jerome Ford, who's a very explosive runner, pretty decent receiver in his own right, puts him right in that Nick Chubb role. Like there was, uh, I mean, obviously he's nowhere near as talented yeah. as Nick Chubb. That that would be impossible. Yeah. But he's solid RB too. Yeah. But the role is nice for Jerome Ford to be placed into that lead back role, which is a very key wording that they used. That's the Nick Chubb role where he's going to get all the valuable touches and Kareem Hunt's there for moral support, which is good. We need we need that in that offense. We don't want Jerome Ford carrying more than two thirds of the of the workload in this offense because that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like you said, they're not about that passing life, especially with Watson late on every throw. Yep. And when you're late in the NFL, you're bad. Yeah, 100 percent. All right, we'll stick with the running backs here and go to one more backfield. Uh, Saquon Barkley, of course, is out for at least three weeks, maybe longer with his ankle injury. I thought it would be worse. You saw his language on the side of the field where he's sort of slamming his helmet, looks pissed off. I expected the worst, so three weeks is probably the best news he can get. However, behind him is not a whole lot, Ryan. We got, what, Matt Breida. Uh, We got the rookie Evan Gray behind him. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name, Uh, Brightwell is still there. It's pretty gross here. Is there anything you're interested in? I mean, they're playing Thursday night against the 49ers. Anything at all that you're going to plug it in for? Hell no. <laughs> uh, let somebody else spin the fab. I don't care if it's 5% fab. Let them do it, dude. Just pass. The, the offense, like, Saquon Barkley had to fight, has to fight so much for every yard he gains, and the only reason he does it is because he's an absolute superstar. These are just dudes, man. Yeah. They're not going to do shit in that offense. They're going against... They're going against San Fran this week. Does Matt Brady, he get 30 carries. He might get 22 yards. <laughs> like, this is not good. Yeah. Are you, I see you, uh, you nodding your head there, Bo. You're in agreement with this one here. Nobody you want to touch in the Giants' backfield. Yeah. And actually, I do think that you should never spend fab on this backfield because Saquon is probably going to miss this game. And what I've heard is that three weeks is the absolute max for this type of injury. And so with the 10 day layoff after Thursday night, very, very likely we see Saquon back pretty much full strength in week four, which means that you're, you're paying a rental 
against just the 49ers, and that's just stupid. Don't spend any fab on a very, very low floor and non-existent ceiling with a guy, Matt Breida, who has three carries this season. Gary Brightwell has one carry this season. And Eric Gray, the rookie, who's better than both of those guys, has only been doing kick returns. Special teams, yep. So they're not going to give him any work behind those two guys because they haven't done it yet. Uh, don't even look at, at this backfield. It does not exist. It's that just let them take their L on Thursday night and move on. Yeah, it's it's it that shouldn't even exist in your mind. If you're playing fantasy football, you're trying to score points. There's not going to be any to have there. Yeah, I agree. He was out through week eight with the schedule. The Giants have still a no go. I would not want anything to do with any of these guys. Yeah, it's it's like their schedule's brutal. I think the only thing I would do is if if it was if he was out that that long, I think I would spend like a dollar on getting Hull just to just to the off chance that he ends up getting in there because I, I think you're right. I think Brita and Brightwell, uh, we know what they are. They're not it. So I would take the chance that Hull could be something special. But uh, not Hull, um, Evan Gray. Sorry, Eric Gray from the yeah from the Giants. Sorry, I'm mixing up my rookies there. Uh, but yeah, I agree with both of you. I think there's no there's no chance I'm starting either one of these guys, uh, especially this week. And then. You know, just to kind of uh, stamp home the point, uh, I'm in a uh, a redraft league. That's a it's a um, uh, industry league, so a lot of smart guys are in there. And I had Saquon Barkley, and I decided to not put any bids at all on Brita, and uh, nobody else did either. <laughs> Brita is still sitting on the waiver wire, so <laughs> he's a free agent. Uh, it might be the same one that we're in, yeah, because he's literally sitting there. So I wouldn't look. I was, oh wait, I got Barkley in this league, and I was like, oh crap, Breed is still sitting there. To be fair, wanted. I didn't bid on Jerome Ford either because I drafted him everywhere. He's been sitting on my bench since week one, and you know why? Because I think he had standalone value before the season Agreed. started, and this whole Nick Chubb unfortunate situation has just thrown him into a trade situation for yep. me. It's like I don't feel like I'm going to be starting him very often with the running backs that I have, but. This is why I draft all the handcuffs. Like I don't put any wide receivers, tight ends, or quarterbacks on my bench because running backs get hurt. Yep, and it sucks. But when they get hurt, guess who's going to have all the replacements with value? It's me. And if I want to <laughs> keep them, I can keep them. And if I want to move them, I can move them. Yeah. And it's it, for me. I just like to take those victory laps because my bench is all handcuffs, and everybody gets ticked off that I have all the <laughs> the the Jerome Fords, and I I honestly had a lot of Puka Nakua too, just because I felt like um, even if Cooper Cup was healthy, they would be looking to a guy that is just better than Ben Skoranek and Van Jefferson. It yeah. just didn't make any sense that this kid was such a high pick for no reason. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, go, just to go to your handcuff point, I mean, we just did a whole segment using notes, and it was all running backs. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing was on running backs and backups. So uh, that's a good point, just to get the, get the backups. All right, let's do some buy-sell. What you gonna do? Buy or sell? All right, so I asked these guys to bring a couple players that they're either buying or selling two weeks into the season. And we'll go to you first, Bo, here. Give me, uh, give me one of your buys here. I am buying, get this, this is fun. This is really fun. I'm buying Elijah Mitchell. Ooh. I like it. Because he has gotten almost no work, and this is not like Kyle Shanahan. He is notorious for running his alpha back into the ground and then next man up. And McCaffrey's workload, he had 100% of the snaps last week. I don't like that at all. 
And you shouldn't if you have McCaffrey either. Yeah, we love the production because it's McCaffrey. He's the most efficient back of all time. Virt- virtually him and Laudania Tomlinson are alone at the top in efficiency. But that's not 100% of the snaps type of back. And the track record of this offense is uh, we're, we're overworking the lead back. And Shanahan doesn't care. He does not care about these guys' health. He never has. He never will. And so Elijah Mitchell is going to be the next man up. And I just I, I don't believe that there's such a thing as injury prone, but I do believe that off certain systems do not cater to long term health and longevity for a certain position group. So I am buying all the Elijah Mitchell because I can stash him just like I stashed Jerome Ford, just like I stashed pretty much all these backs. Ty Chandler is still a stash for me. I'm stashing Elijah Mitchell because I just see the writing on the wall that they're going to be like, ho-hum, McCaffrey's pulled his hamstring or rolled an ankle. He's out two, three weeks, just like we saw with Saquon. And this backfield is something you can covet because they're going to run the football regardless of who's back there. Yeah, that's a good call. And, in, and unlike some of the backfields we just talked about, Elijah Mitchell has proven that he can be a beast when given the opportunity. When he's healthy, I mean, he's, he's a beast. So it would definitely be yeah. a wheels up if, if McCaffrey goes down for sure. Ryan, what you got for your buy? Uh, I'm doubling down on my boy, and here's why. I'm taking Damian Pierce in my buy. I know it's been super ugly, but we knew it was going to be ugly to start the season because Baltimore has a really good run defense. You know us has a really good run defense? The Colts, because they have the forced Buckner just smashing the middle of the field and just making running up the gut impossible. That schedule for Damian Pierce gets a lot easier really quick. And nobody cares because they're not really that good of a team. There's not a lot of weapons there. Dude, he's going to get the carries. He was in bad game scripts both games and still had three targets each game, which we didn't know he was going to get, in double-digit carries. It's going to come. And that offense is not that, It's not as bad as we think it is with Stroud back there. Like It's coming around. He's going to get opportunities. Yeah, I like that call a lot. And and Jamie's in the chat, and Jamie and I have had kind of a back and forth because Jamie does not uh, agree with me. He doesn't like Damian Pierce at all. Uh, I am with you, Ryan, 100%. And the fact that C.J. Stroud right now is sort of lightening it up. I mean, he is dealing. I think he had, what, 380 yards passing this past weekend, something like that. Uh, It's going to soften the defense up, and they're not going to be able to play that eight men in the box, and it's going to give Pierce a lot more uh, room to roam. So uh, I, I like that call a lot. In a similar vein, I'm also going to double down on my guy that I had all offseason, uh, Mr. Javante Williams, who's who, he, hasn't, he hasn't been terrible, uh, but he hasn't been what I'd hoped he would be. But I think it's coming. Uh, I think he's, uh, again, he's played some tough teams as well. Uh, he's still coming back from a major injury a little bit earlier than we expected to, but he's involved in the passing game. I think he has nine targets through two games. Uh, he's getting a plenty of volume back there. Sabaji P. Ryan is not a thing. Uh, he, he pretty much has been worked out of the offense now. They're even going to the, the, the rookie there. I can't think of his name right now, but they've gone to him a little bit more as well. But Javante Williams, I think, is wheels up. Uh, if you can get him at a discount right now, uh, I'm buying everywhere. I've got a couple of trade offers that I've put out there trying to get Javante Williams from some owners. Um, hopefully they're not watching the show tonight because <laughs> I, I think Williams is going to be blowing up here pretty soon. So Javante Williams is my buy. Let's do a sell, Bo. What you got for your sell? I am selling Brandon Ayuk. Mm. 
Interesting, right? You were just going all all the hosts team tonight, right? You got Elijah Mitchell yeah, and Brandon Ayuk. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick on you. I love Brandon Ayuk. I I love him as a player, but we get too caught up in the splash games. And yes, I love I love his ability, but I don't know that that team is going to rely on him that much, especially when Kittle's healthy, especially when McCaffrey's healthy. And Debo's playing a lot better this year than last year already. Like that, that whole promise that he made that he wasn't going to be quote unquote out of shape, even though he didn't really look out of shape. Uh, Debo looks back in shape. <laughs> he looks like 2021 Debo. And Brock Purdy is not the most accurate passer. And we, we've seen that the last two weeks, especially last week, where he missed Ayuk for two touchdowns. He missed Debo for another one. He did. That, that whole leash that he's been given, it's going to get a little tighter, I think, because Shanahan's not going to tolerate. Uh, missed opportunities to score touchdowns. They're going to play some tougher teams down the road here. Uh, so that whole vertical thing, that we're, I mean, I like Brock Purdy. The way he takes chances is a lot different than Jimmy Garoppolo ever was. Love that about him, but that's also really risky. It's going to cost them some games, and I, I think that they're going to shift the focus more to Kittle and Debo in the short passing game, and Ayuk is going to be running wind sprints wide open again. Uh, because they're going to say, Brock, you know, we love how aggressive you are, but you're not very accurate. You have terrible footwork. You, you, your Iowa state is showing. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to tighten that leash a little bit. So I think that's going to lead to a lot of weeks where we, we are left wanting Brandon Ayuk production, even though we see him running wide open all over the field, because that's how good he is. Yeah, so I'll sell them high right now because I don't think the consistency will be there. Yeah, I like that, and I, I will agree with you. I, I I've been pumping up all off season how he's the number one receiver in this offense, and I still believe that oh, he, he is. is. But I think I agree in the sense that Shanahan, again going back to Elijah Mitchell, he doesn't care. He's going to scheme up the guys that have the best matchups. If it's Debo one week, it could be Kittle the next week. It could be Ayuk. It's just it's all going to be scheme related. He doesn't care who the players are in his offense. It's all about his offense and getting the guys open that happen to be there. And I think I agree there because, you know, it may not be Ayuk's week. If Ayuk has a bad matchup, they won't go to Ayuk. They won't scheme him up. So I, I agree that he's going to be a lot of boom or bust. Um, I think he's a great offense. He's a great player. Trust me, if he was on any other team uh, where the quarterbacks just target him relentlessly, I think he could be a top five receiver. I, I, he's he's that oh, good. Yeah. Um, and just, and that's kind of what I'm going for is that his value, his peak, his, his intrigue right now is really high. So you can get some really good pieces agreed. for him. And that's that's kind of what I'm looking for is I'm I'm not looking to get rid of a good player for just shits and giggles. I'm doing it so I can get a better piece that has a brighter outlook that I can count on a little bit more. Agreed. Ryan, what you got for yourself? I'm going with somebody who's playing out of their mind right now. And it's kind of I'm not gonna say it's fluky, but the fact that Kyron Williams has four touchdowns in two games on a Rams team that is somehow just surprising the world. I, I think everyone came in thinking they were going to stink because it's not that talented of a roster. And they're catching people by surprise. As the season goes on, it's not going to do that. He is super inefficient. I like the passing game numbers last game when they're playing from behind, but there's zero efficiency in this game. His like his juke rate's twenty six in the league. His evaded tackles is twenty fourth. His true yards per carry is thirty six. Like he's not efficient at all. That, My grandma's more athletic. <laughs> he is not that athletic. He's just seeing empty boxes because they're playing behind. Like stop. It's not going to last, man. Where the Rams are going to take off their 
uh, uh, their like glass shoe and turn back into a pumpkin. It ain't gonna last. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think I'm on the other side of things. I think I'm more buying Kyron Williams only because I just watched him dice up my team. So maybe I'm a little bit biased right now because he definitely looked really good against us. But you're probably right. I mean, he, he probably is not going to be what he what he is so far. I mean, I think he's like if you're getting. Would you buy? Are you going to buy him for an RB one price though? No, definitely not. I mean, he's literally RB two, right? Like overall RB two right but now. But do you? But do you think there's going to be somebody in your league who followed him in the draft? Loves him as their sleeper, who's like, who's going to pay for RB1 prices? Yep. 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 And that's who I'm selling them to. Because that person exists in probably 70% of leagues. Yep, absolutely. Uh, The guy I'm selling just, uh, (laughs) unfortunately, I actually did sell this guy right before he blew up. And I could have got a lot more for him if I had just waited one more day. But DeAndre Swift uh had that huge game i traded him literally the day before thinking you know that he was going to go out and have a bad game i was like if he has a bad game on a on a day where he's the only running back really in that backfield he's going to be even worthless so i'm going to i'm going to trade him now and i could have just waited one more day and got more for him but i think once gainwell is healthy once that running back you know whole backfield is healthy i think the eagles like having a four running back committee where they all do a little bit of everything. Cool. They don't like having just one guy back well, there. So I think Swift, fucking dumb. it is. It's, it's he <laughs> at a completely different level than anybody they've had back there. Yep. If they don't go with that, they're stupid. And I don't think it's a demo organization. <laughs> like he looked so good he compared did. to everybody else. He absolutely He's did. looked good his entire career. And yeah, no, for whatever just, reason, his coaching staff's just – can't get it through their thick skull that if they give him the ball, the good things happen. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, I was hoping to get to some more, but we're running to get the clock here. So let's go ahead and get into our pick of the week. Prop bet of the week. All right. Let me bring up the uh, underdog screen here. Um, sorry, I didn't have it queued up. All right. So let's go ahead and do that. And um Ryan, I'm gonna go to you first here to give me your uh, your prop that you want for the week. I'm gonna go ahead and put that um, that Tyreek Hill one in there, unless somebody wanted to use that one as their prop bet. But I'm gonna put the Tyreek Hill. We're gonna go higher on this Tyreek uh, 100K for Sunday. But what you got yeah. for your uh, your prop bet, Ryan? Yeah, if I'm doing this one for you mainly because Bo's picked on you so much tonight. <laughs> I've gone Brock Party over one and a half touchdowns. That's the one I went like, with last week, and I and I jinxed him because he didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's because he kind of I'm going with it because the Giants stink. Yeah, and he'll be fine. I don't know why it's he's not, not about to It's go. like it's but it's, it's grayed out for some reason. Time. I don't know why it's not letting me pick it. Probably because I know your Hummer doesn't even do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, for some reason I cannot pick Brock Purdy's higher or lower a half a touch half one and a half touchdowns. You got to pick another one, Ryan. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Go to Bo real quick, then while I figure out another one. All right, Bo, what you got for yours? So I can pick from anywhere on the slate. Uh, yeah, just name a player. I'll look him up and I'll see what his his uh, his stats are. I'm gonna go Bajan Robinson over 23 and a half receiving yards That's against Detroit. I like that one. That's a good call. That's that seems awfully low. Well, yeah, especially what we saw him do in Week One against a similar defense. Where they pretty much moved him all over, threw him a lot of swings, let him get let him get nasty in space. Uh, that that overhead uh, drone cam footage of him against the Packers just uh, that's artistry. That's beautiful artistry. Is this dude is so good, and Arthur Smith does not deserve him. 
Arthur Smith should rot in hell with his stupid running game. Give <laughs> Algier 30 million carries in his, his beautiful alternate universe. Bijan should be on any team beside this one because we'd be getting a lot more out of him anywhere else but Atlanta. <laughs> I like it. All right, Ryan, you got one for me? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Hawkinson over 50 and a half. Ooh, that spicy. game is going to... He, he's averaging about that a game. They're playing the Chargers. It should be a shootout. The Chargers just tend to do stupid shit and leave good players open because they're poorly coached. Yeah. I guess Hawkinson's going to eat. All right, I like it. And I am going to go homer on this one, and I'm going to take Debo uh, over 14 and a half rushing yards on Thursday night. Um, Ayuk is questionable. Um, they are continuing to find ways to get the ball in Debo's hands. Um, he carried the ball, I think, a couple times in week one, uh, a couple times in week two. The Giants, I think, are susceptible to some stuff like that. So I think 14 and a half is a little bit too low. I think he can get that in one carry. So I will go higher. Debo Samuel, 14 and a half. And let me put the Tyreek Hill back on there. Do you all agree with the higher? I'm just going to ask the two of you. So this is for the 100K Sunday. Uh, Tyreek Hill's line is 91 and a half yards. He's playing against Denver. Are we going to go higher or lower on that one? I said 101. No, it's 91 and a half. Yeah, 91 and a half. It's risky, but I'm okay with it. It's Denver. All right. Patrick Sertan Sertan Jr. is super dope. But yeah, I'm still but Sertan doesn't travel. He's no, not going to follow Tyreek around. And Tyreek Hill is still Tyreek. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to put the, you know, McDaniel's going to move Tyreek to the other side where the other corner's absolute dog shit. And he's going to run at that guy all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. And I think, uh, I believe Waddle's still in concussion protocol too. So he may not even be able to, to be out there. So I think that might help Tyreek yeah, as after well. After a dirty, cheap shot of a hit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I wanted to make sure that we saved time for our uh, Dynasty Mock Draft. Attention, everyone. Let's Mock Draft. All right, so after two weeks here, we're going to be drafting a a rookie, Dynasty rookie Mock Draft to kind of see where um, we think these players are. Are they still in the same spots that they were before um, or or how we're going to do this? So we're going to go Bo, Ryan, and then me. Um, so, Bo, you got the 101 here. Uh, I'm assuming is you're still going with the 101 that was here already, or are you going somewhere else? This is Superflex, by the yeah, way. Yeah, if it's not Bajan, it's nobody. That's that's him and everybody else in this class. So go ahead and lock him in. Go ahead and put Bijan in there. Ryan, what you got for your... Uh... Uh, I think I think Anthony Richardson. He's playing out of his mind. He's so, so good, good in the Russian game. He's, he's the real deal there. Yeah, he's looked really, really good. I mean, I think I had him last week um, for plus one and a half touchdowns on underdog, and he got that like in the first half, and then he got hurt, unfortunately. But he had those two rushing touchdowns. He's a beast. I agree. Um, All right, so 103. I'm going to go with the guy that's been lighting it up in the passing game. I know he wasn't going ahead of Bryce Young uh, before the NFL draft, I mean, before the NFL season, but for me, he's going now. So I'll take C.J. Stroud. Um, he's shown what he can do and he honestly has, you know, limited weapons, but he's been lighting it up and he'll continue to keep lighting it up. So give me Stroud here and super flex league at the one Oh three. His weapons are better than Bryce Young's for sure. Fair point. Fair point. And they're not good. That's the sad part. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bo, what you got for the one Oh four here? Ooh, it's tough. Now I mean, a little, I'm looking at next two or three years. I'm looking at going. 
I usually wait on quarterback. I like to acquire quarterbacks after the rookie draft because they're always inflated. Uh, so I'll go with Jackson Smith and Jigba because I do hold him as a prospect above pretty much any wide receiver prospect in the last three years. He's uh, he's up there for me as a prospect with Jefferson and Chase. Mm. And I think that uh, as we go along in this season and into the next two seasons with Seattle, is this dude's an absolute alpha and he's going to dominate. I like it. Ryan, you got the 105 here. We've got Jameer Gibbs. I know they're not using him right. But it's the uptake's coming, and we believe in the talent then. He doesn't need a ton to be ultra-efficient fancy. I like Gibbs upside. I'm still old there with him. All right. So I'm up at the 106 here, and I'm going to do it. I'm just going to be spicy here, and I'm going to take Puka Nakua. I mean, he's, he's done something that, that nobody else has ever done. Uh, he's had more receptions in his first two games than any player ever. Um, I know that there's quarterbacks on the board that I probably should take, but um, I know we were high on Puka on the show. Uh, I talked to Puka all season. I actually had Puka, if you watch my DFS show on Friday, he was my sick call of the week. Uh, he ended up being one of the best sick calls we've ever made on the show. He absolutely smashed, obviously smashed again last week, so it wasn't a fluke. Um, so I'll take Puka here at the at the 106, just to, just to be a little spicy here. Lovely pick. All right, Bo, back to you. This is a guy I met at the Shrine Bowl. He's a fantastic athlete, plays well beyond his small size. Zay Flowers. Nice. Thank you, probably. Yeah, Zay I Flowers. Take, I would have taken my last pick just so I could get him. But. <laughs> yeah, Zay, Zay Flowers is so good. Like They, they have a, a, an embarrassment of riches in Baltimore in the talent department on offense. Oh, uh, this so this nice. offense, as we, as we go through this season – we're going to find that Miami and Baltimore are just going to score so many points that, that you're, you're just going to have to outscore them. And it's going to be tough to outscore Baltimore when their defense is so strong. Uh, that's, that's going to be really interesting to see as they develop Lamar in this system. The Monk and system is so much better than Greg Roman ever had. Uh, Zay Flowers is, I don't, I don't know if he's an alpha going forward as much as he has been so far, because I do think Bateman takes a step forward as well. There's also Andrews. The running game is going to be kind of more of an afterthought with the, the loss of J.K. Dobbins. This is going to be a really exciting offense scoring points. I love it. I love the fact that you sniped Ryan, too, because I'm sure Ryan was taking him next. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was. He was. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what you got for your, your pick here? I'm thinking Bryce Young. Like, he's still a starting quarterback. He's still good. I know yeah. there's issues because that team's just horrendous. But so bad. It's it's so bad. <laughs> but you know what? When you have a bad team, you got a chance to get you know Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Yeah. Or yeah, it can change That'd in a so heartbeat. Nice. Yeah. That would be so nice. <laughs> I, I would be campaigning for that now if I was Bryce. Yeah. The good thing about oh, yeah. being the one on one is you're going to get plenty of chances to continue to be the you know the quarterback there. So you know you're getting a quarterback for at least a few more years. All right, uh, I'm here at the 109, and I will take a uh, receiver. I was taking much higher um, before the season. I still love him, and I would have taken him probably at the 106 if I wasn't trying to be spicy, but I'll take Jordan Addison. Um, he's looked everything to part. I know that technically speaking, he's the third receiver, um, but he's not looked it. He's, he's, he's been great for the first two two games of the season. So Jordan Addison at the 109 is a steal in my, in my, in my opinion. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
All right, Bo, you got the 10 here. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a couple of guys I really like here. Let's go with Dalton Kincaid. This is uh, about the time about the time I was taking him anyway, late first round in the rookie drafts. Uh, I wasn't quite as enamored with him as a slot receiver, like a lot of people were clamoring that he would immediately be the starting slot receiver for the Bills. I thought that was hogwash. Uh, it has panned out to be hogwash so far. Uh, he's a decent route runner. He's a decent guy after the catch. He does everything pretty well. Is he exciting in any way? No. He's he went to Utah. He barely <laughs> was he was barely anything two years ago. And until until the combine came around, Michael Mayer was the top tight end going going away in this class. So Kincaid got a little too much helium involved uh, early last summer uh, it, after the combine, and it's it's a, he's a nice player. He he landed in a beautiful spot in a high scoring, high passing volume offense. So I think it's the perfect place to pick him, where you're not expecting like overwhelming explosive numbers like we're seeing from Nakua or from uh from Anthony Richardson. But right. Dalton Kincaid, he can definitely live here at 10. I like it. I like that pick a lot. Uh let's see. Am I on the clock or is it Ryan? No, it's Ryan, right? It's yeah. Ryan. I was trying to jump me and <laughs> shout out to Jamie. I'm taking this boy here. I'm taking Roshan. That usage is going up. He's far yes, more he's far more involved in the passing game than we expected. I really like what I see there. And this team needs a spark and a young, talented running back. Might be the reason to do it. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that a lot. Um, all right. I'm gonna go with a guy that um typically, you know, we don't think of these guys as having a year one impact, like uh, I think Bo just took uh, Mr. Dalton Kincaid. Um, and I actually came out in week one as one of my pickums, and I took the under on his receptions of three and a half, and I got burned because he came out in that first game and had, I think, five or six catches. And I'm going with Sam Laporta. Uh, definitely surprised by this guy. I mean, he looked the part in that week one, like he'd been playing for years. Uh, you know, five receptions or whatever he had in that game is an awesome game, first game for the tight end. And he's continuing to get targets. He had a bigger game last week than he had in week one. So Sam Laporta here at the 112. Uh, feels like a pretty good pick, so I'll, I'll go Laporta here. All right, uh, 201, back to you, Bo. So here's a guy I'm just excited to watch his role grow, a lot like Roshan Johnson's role is going to grow. Uh, inter- injury attrition notwithstanding, we're going to see more from Devon A. Chain in Miami, and I just love how Mike McDaniel called him up on draft day and asked him one question. Devon, are you still fast? <laughs> and Devon said, yeah, I'm really fast. And his 100-meter time, faster than Tyreek Hills, faster than Jalen Waddles, faster than Raheem Mostert's. These are all 4-2, four, 4-3 four, four, guys. Devon A-Chain is going to be a monster in that offense. And I don't think I would really love him in any other offense but you know McDaniel has all sorts of cards up his sleeve for Devon A-Chain yep. uh, all over the place. He's going to run him in motion. He's going to run him out of the backfield. He's going to have plans. Yep. And all it took was for him to get over that little shoulder injury he was dealing with. And I think wheels are up for a guy that's going to be a lot like we want Jameer Gibbs to be, but maybe with more opportunity. Yeah, that's a great call because you're right. I mean, it's all about the speed. And they, they talked about that on the, the game the other night about how he has the fastest times of, of all those, you know, fast guys on that team. He is legit the fastest mm-hmm. guy there. So he's he's ridiculously fast. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, Ryan, what you got for the the one the two hundred two here? Um, I'm taking Quinn Johnson still. I know he's not producing, but you know what? He's real close to getting a role in that offense. And that offense is still really good with Herbert there. They pass a ton. You got two guys who haven't had the healthiest careers, and they drafted them high. It's just you got to be a little bit patient sometimes, and I'm willing to do that on a guy who they put, they use first round draft capital on. Yeah, that's a good call. He's definitely fallen a little bit um, because his usage has been so so small right Dude, now. It's, but. Two, it's two weeks into his career. I'm not like yeah, not panicking. Don't him throw him dirt on him yet. Yep. He's too good. I met his sister uh, over the weekend in Vegas, and she was just saying how. He's uh, he's just now getting situated with like a like an apartment and still he's still trying to get used to the whole L.A. lifestyle because he's from very small town, Texas. Like we're going to see him get a comfort zone there and uh, he, it's going to be pretty special because he's a really good player. L.A. is different, man. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> way different. But imagine coming from rural Texas yeah. to that. Dude, I can't, I can't imagine coming from Pittsburgh. And like, stop. That's crazy. All right, I'm up at the 203, and I think that was probably a teardrop right there. I'm looking at a couple guys that I'm sort of eh on. Um, But I will go with uh, the running back that was probably going in the first round of most of these. Um, I know he hasn't done much his first two games playing behind Kenneth Walker, but uh, I'll take Zach Charbonnet here uh, in hopes that he eventually carves out a role, maybe a passing down role in this offense, or maybe Kenneth Walker moves on in a year. But uh, Charbonnet at the 203 feels like a value. Bo, back to you. So I'm looking at these wide receivers that you have on the top of the ADP board, and I don't like any of them as much as I like Mr. Marvin Mims. Dude, you you just keep keep taking my picks. (laughs) And it's it's really unfortunate that Denver still hasn't figured out that he's better than Brandon Johnson or whoever (laughs) the hell else they have out there. Where his he had five snaps in one of them. He runs a post and absolutely barbecues the defense, which had pretty decent shell coverage on him. He's just too explosive. And Russell Wilson throws a great deep ball. We've we've known it. Like we don't put don't put baby in the corner. <laughs> Russell Wilson's not a timing passer. He's not a figure out who's open passer. He's a let it loose or scramble around and find who's running open type of quarterback. He's an improv guy. Don't give improv guys scripts because they're not going to use it anyway. Marvin Mims is going to have some big, big games this season and his whole career. That's the type of guy he is. He is a deep threat. He's going to make big splash plays all over the field. And they don't have anybody else like that. KJ Hamler's injury concerns have knocked that completely out of the water where there's a reason they picked Marvin Mims. First Sean Payton pick ever in Denver. There's a reason for that. Marvin Mims is going to see his workload grow, and he's a home run hitter. We saw it last week. I mean, he had a home run yeah. last week. Good stuff. All right, Ryan. Speaking of home run hitters, I'm taking <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. I love Hyatt during the draft process. I think sometimes people get a little bit gun shy around receivers with that just deep ball skill set. But he's shown the ability to get open already, whether it be preseason or a few times a season. Their running game is going to be kaput here soon, which could give the opportunity for hitting Lord Marl in the passing game, especially when you're playing some teams who can score the next three weeks. They're going to have 
I just don't care since Scotland. But they're going to have the opportunity to pass any force, too, with Seattle, Miami, and Buffalo coming up. So we're going to see it on full display because the rest of that passing offense is garbage. <laughs> Gerson says you need Jesus. Hey, that's a, that's, just, that's a solid pick right there, I think, at this point in the draft. I, I don't mind it at all. All right, uh, let's see. I'm up here. What are we at? The 206. And I'm looking at I'm between two guys. Uh, it's a running back and a receiver. Uh, I think the running back probably has a clearer path uh, to actual touches early. Uh, but the receiver might have a better long term. Let me go with the receiver here. I'm going to go with Rashi Rice. Uh, we've seen how some of the trash receivers that we have there with Kansas City. Uh, Rashi Rice looked good in week one. Week, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> week two, he didn't look as good as week one. But uh, I, I don't know. In that offense, give him a, chan- give him a chance here. Uh, I, I know, Bo, I know you're not a fan of uh, Rashi Rice, but... I don't know. Uh, we we keep doing it. We keep falling into this trap. Like, oh, there's a receiver, a running back drafted to Kansas City. They must be good. We must smash that button. But so far, we've kind of missed on all of them. Their uh, offensive skill player draft history is abysmal. Pretty terrible. It is absolutely terrible. And we keep falling forward in fantasy. And I'll fall forward here at the 206 with Rashi Rice and hope that he can buck the trend. All right. Back to you, Bo. All right, we're going to go down to Tajay Spears because he is an electric player. Um, I like him a little bit more. Like Kendra Miller and Tank Bigsby are more like your every down type guys, but I don't see as much explosion from them. And Derrick Henry's 28 years old, going on 29, going on 35. Uh, even though he's an alien, we're already seeing more usage for Tajay Spears than we expected. And I don't expect that to revert back to anything anytime soon, especially with how good he is out of the backfield as a receiver. Uh, They don't want to put too much mileage on Derrick Henry early on this season, especially. And I think as this team starts to get closer to the postseason, which is their ultimate goal, they're going to keep rotating these backs in. They might even have them on the field at the same time more often because Spears is just a lightning bolt. And that's what I like to see from my running backs because they don't last long anyway. Might as well get a lot of production from them early on. Yep. That's a good, that's a good pick there. I actually scrolled right, right past him and didn't notice him sitting down there. Good call. Um, all right. 208, Ryan. Uh, I'm going with the uh, true number one receiver in green Bay. Even when Christian Watson gets, that's Jaden. Bastard. Dirty bastard. I was he thinking looks- I was going <laughs> to wrap this up with Jaden Reed. And you I was, I was going to take him last pick, and I'm like, I bet he falls. But, dude, he's, he's shown a lot. He's, out tar- he's almost double the targets of the next player on the team. Yeah, He's going to be part of that, and Jordan Love seems to like him. And when a young quarterback and a young receiver mash early on, it normally lasts. He's the only guy that can get open, so that's, that's, a, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, I'm up at the 209 here, and um, I was going to take Kendrick Miller, but there's another receiver that I want to take here. I'm going to go with Josh Downs. Uh, already been heavily involved. I think he has, what, seven seven targets his first game, and I think he had five targets in the last game. Um, I'm trying to look it up. No, Yeah, seven in his first game, five his last game. He's already playing 80% of the snaps. He's already a big part of that offense. I think uh, AR gets better with the passing ability, and then Josh Downs is going to be wheels up eventually. So at 209, I'll take Josh Downs here. Uh, all right, Bo, this is your uh, last pick here. What you got? All right, so the rest of the board looks pretty terrible, except for this one guy who I've been a big fan of for a long time, Kendra Miller. Uh, Kendra Miller is in a backfield full of Jags. 
and he's not a jag. That's that's been an injury related thing where he's he's just popped up with little minor tic tac injuries, and it's kind of held him back. I don't think Alvin Kamara's return kills him in any way. They drafted him for a reason. This is a team that needs running back depth, and Tony Jones ain't it. Tony Jones is awful. He's always been awful. He will always be awful. So give me Kendra Miller, who as soon as he's healthy, will make an impact in the Saints offense, which is a lot better than people think, even though Derek Carr can't score touchdowns. <laughs> will Lutz or Will Lutz is replacement, whoever, whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. Uh, he, he's kicking a lot of field goals, and I, I think Kendra Miller might be the guy that can punch it in punch for them in. because Jamal Williams is hurt already. Good stuff. All right, Ryan, your last pick here at the 211. Tank Tank Dell. Oh, you bastard. That's who I was going Love it. <laughs> Love it. He's, he's involved already. And yeah. this seems to be passing a lot all year. He's going to mm-hmm. carve out a role, man. He's that, he's that involved this quickly. He's going to carve out a big role there. All he had and to do is carve it out over Noah Brown. That was a tough job. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had. I was just, I was looking him up. That's who I was going to draft. He had 10 targets in the last game. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Stroud asked the Texans to draft him, right? I mean, it's obviously yeah. they have yeah. a connection there. So, And he um, went to Houston University, so he didn't even have to move. He yeah. didn't have to hire a realtor or nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... That was going to be my pick. Ryan had to snipe me before we left here, out of here. So I'll go with the other receiver okay. I was considering, and I'll go Jonathan Mingo. He had the draft capital. Uh, I know it's ugly because Bryce Young has not looked good through the first couple of games, but he is getting the usage. <laughs> He's on the field. I think he played 98% of the snaps in the last game. Uh, had eight targets. Unfortunately, did nothing with those targets, but he is getting the targets, so at least we know that they want to try to use him, get him involved in the offense. So uh, Jonathan Mingo is, is my guy here, uh, the Mr. Irrelevant of this draft at the 212. All right, that wraps up our mock draft. Let's get into some listener questions. Go ahead. Ask me anything. All right, so we don't have a ton of time here, so we're going to just get to a couple of these. Uh, Let's go to this first one here, and we'll go with uh, BHerm24. And he is thinking about offering Christian McCaffrey for, uh, for Jamar Chase and ETN. Uh, he wants to know, is this a good deal for him if he gets Chase and ETN? We'll go to you first, but what do you think here? Chris McCaffrey Absolutely. or Chase and ETN? Which would side do you like? Chase and ETN and move on quickly. Yeah. Smash that button <laughs> as hard as you can. You agree, Ryan? Chase is a, buy- yeah. Chase is a great buy low because he hasn't done anything yet. Yep. Yeah, he said he's offering it. Hopefully that person accepts it for him because I wouldn't accept that. But yeah, I like it for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'd probably, I'd probably laugh during. at somebody if that was sent to me. For me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, let's go to Bear Force One. This is a sit start question. PPR flex. He wants to know: Does he start Zay Flowers uh, or Rashad White this week? Ryan, what you got for those two guys? Who's Tampa got this week again? Uh, Tampa Bay has. I don't know. Actually, I can't think of who they have right now. I'm drawing a blank. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up real quick. That's not fun, yeah. That's my look up noise. Oh, okay, not see. Oh, they got Philly. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be starting Zay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely starting Zay. And this is a game where he should go off. That offense is getting better and better every week. And Indy's secondary, not good. Not no. good. 
Um, all right, let's do one more here. Let's do, uh, I see Brock Purdy's name on here, so we're just going to pick that one. <laughs> Fresh Coast 906 wants to know, should he finally start Purdy over Fields? Uh, he also says he's thinking about adding Stafford, but really the question is Purdy over Fields this week. Uh, but we'll go to you first. What are your thoughts? Well, I, on the surface, you'd, you'd say, yeah, absolutely. But I don't know that Purdy has a lot of upside against the Giants because I think they're going to lean on the running game a lot. The Giants can't stop the run at all. And their secondary is OK still. Like, I don't think Purdy and the 49ers are going to really air it out like they have the first two weeks. So I'll stick with Fields this week. But that's only because I expect a lot of mop up duty, a lot of mop up screen game, a lot of mop up running game. And we already heard Fields say that he was going to be running more. Like in without without saying that in so many words, yeah. he said he was in play more instinctual and reactive, and that tells me that they better call more than four design run plays in the first two games, because that's where he scores all his points. Yeah, exactly. And this 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 coaching staff is just in shambles, and they have a superstar quarterback that they refuse to give the reins to in a way that maximizes his potential. We've seen it fail every single year with certain players. Cater your system to the talent you have, not the other way around. Yep. It never works when you try to pigeonhole your players into your system. Yep. It just doesn't work. He is not Aaron Rodgers, Luke Getze. Pull your head out of your ass and give <laughs> Justin Fields the offense he deserves, which is RPO play action load the box with tight ends let them run the foot they got three great running backs just pound the rock let him play fake it run rpos just like he did at ohio state and put up ungodly numbers and this this fool is is just ruining a good player so i i'm on the field side give him another chance because he's he's going to put up huge fantasy numbers yep. most of the season ryan are you are you with him on that one I am, and they need they don't use him right well. And as bad as he's playing, he's still what QB fifteen? Yeah, he's still twenty. But yeah, twenty twenty. It's okay. Yeah, but twenty is like the worst of we've ever seen. Fields, right? Right. Like, even if last year, he wasn't that efficient, but he was QB five. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta let him run. After those comments he made this week, they're gonna let him do it. Yeah, agreed. It, I think I, it, he's gonna bounce back. He he was gonna be my next buy or buy. Sell that we skip. Yeah, I agree. I think 100. I think even as a Niners fan, I think I would have start Fields. His upside is just there. Pur- Purdy's, Purdy's a Purdy's a floor play. He's not ceiling. Guy. Yeah, agreed. Just in general, he's a cash game quarterback for my DFS players out there. He's just going to be solid. He's not going to be not going to give you the ceiling to win the GPP, but he's just going to be solid. So agreed. All right, let's get to our last segment. Get ready for going for two dot coms. Forgotten fantasy player of the week. All right, Bo, you gotta you gotta stump us here. We got stumped really good last week. Let's see what you got for your uh, your, your that player. Would hurt, man. I'm so bitter about it. I don't know that this is that difficult because, but I'm gonna give you very limited clues. So All right. I think that if, you, if you're on top of your game, you'll definitely get it. Uh, this player in 2010 compiled 1,250 scrimmage yards. He is a running back, and he shared a backfield in college with a Pro Bowler and a Madden cover athlete. Oh, all right. So 1,200, 2010, 1,200 yards. You said he shared the backfield in college with a pro bowler or in the NFL in college. Okay. In college, he shared the backfield with a pro bowler and a Madden cover athlete. 
Is the Pro Bowler and the Madden Color Athlete the same player? No. No. Two okay. different players. <laughs> 2010. I got to... All right. I need another hint. So in that 2010 season, where he had 1,250 scrimmage yards, he only scored two touchdowns. And it was his only fantasy-relevant season. Um... Isaiah Crowell. No. No. I don't know why that thing popped into my head. He had a season where he only had like one or two touchdowns, but had a ton of yards. That's a decent guess. Yeah. That, that, I, I, think, I think it is a Browns running back. Now, like... It is not a Browns running back. No? no. Two touchdowns, 1,200 yards. 2010. Matt, so Madden cover, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking of all the Madden covers, trying to figure Darren out. Darren very close. So Darren McFadden is the pro bowler that this guy shared the backfield with at University of Arkansas with cover Madden cover athlete Peyton Hillis. And the answer is Felix Jones. Felix Jones. Oh, that's a good one. Damn. I would have got that once he said once I said I had the teammate, right? Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Great, great one. Yeah, I don't think we have we had Felix, Felix Jones? No. No, I don't think we've had Jones is a good one. That is a good that is a good one. I think I would have. I think I would have got that one a few more clues. Yeah, that that's why good, it's like I think with really uh, too many clues, it would have been a piece of cake. Yeah, we would have got that eventually. Good stuff, man. Good, good pull. I like it. Felix Jones. That's a name I hadn't heard in a while. All right, that wraps the podcast up, fellas. Uh, let's go around the room real quick. Uh, give us your Twitter handle and uh, anything you you want to plug that you're working on. Go ahead and do that. We'll go to you first, Bo. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Bo underscore McBigTime. And I'm the owner and creator of BigTimeFlavor.co, home of the world's most deliciously intense condiment, hot box gourmet hot sauce, as well as four unique season blends that make your home your mom your mother-in-law's home cooking tolerable since 2020. <laughs> Good stuff. I love that line. Good stuff. Ryan, what you got going on? Uh find me Twitter Foss 534. Find me here Wednesday nights and find me over at the Rookie Big Board with the Dynasty Big Board podcast. Good stuff. As always, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 and you can find me in the Discord, which is still going strong. Uh, if you're not in there, definitely need to get in there. You could find the link uh, in my profile on Twitter, or you can go to goingfor2.com and find the link there as well. Um, obviously, make sure you check out all of our shows on the Going For Two Live Network. We have shows literally every day of the week. Uh, tomorrow night's show will be our, our pregame show. Uh, it is the Dynasty Gambit with, uh, with Gator and the guys. They'll pregame the game, give you some uh, some good dynasty tips for that, and uh, get you ready for the weekend as well. For Ryan, for Bo, uh, Bo, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for hanging out My with pleasure. us for an hour. Um, and uh, guys in the chat, thank you for joining us as well. And we will uh, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>